Blog Talk Radio.
want to welcome everybody to the 110 Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow me at CJ Sports One. You can follow the show at 110 Nation. Glad to have the uh, the chat room starting to fill up. Glad to see everybody is coming out to uh, check us out tonight. We got Hannah Newhouse joining us later on tonight. And we also got uh, San Diego's The Surge, uh, Jessica Martin. Of course, we've had her husband on a few times, was one of the contestants in the Peak um, Challenge, um, was one of the contestants that got to be out there at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. We are eagerly waiting for the August 2nd deadline um, to hit here so we can check out the results um, on uh, Velocity at 9 p.m. on August 2nd. So looking forward to that. Um, very, very excited about that. But we got his wife on, and he's also the uh, one of the coaches over there. I believe he's the wide receiver coach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so um, they, they've got to spend some good time together um, doing this whole uh, football thing. So we're, we're definitely going to have uh, fun talking with her, um, as her husband is always a, a great, um, great guest of the show and uh, has been a big supporter, as likewise we have been a big supporter of him. Um, got a lot of things going on, on the site. I do have to apologize for being a few minutes late. I had uh, come upon a lot of free time as of uh, yesterday, and so I've been taking an advantage of that, and I was trying to get a last couple minutes, a few things wrapped up the last couple minutes before the show. Um, I got my Arizona Cardinals uh, preview done. It is posted on the site, and the last time an Arizona Arizona Cardinals history piece done, um, not to mention the piece on Marcel Darius. Um, the L.A. Stadium piece came out last night when it was on the show, and I posted a piece on the five things that I learned about Daryl Wallace Jr. Um, when I got the opportunity to have a about a 25-minute long conversation with him on the phone Um, while I was sitting out in the parking lot of Kentucky Speedway. He was back in California already. Um, But I finally, it it took me a minute to kind of go which way I wanted to go with it. I, you know, I didn't feel that even though it was an interview and that's what it was set up to be, I didn't really feel that it was an interview. It felt more as a conversation. It felt more as two guys being able to just chat and, and be, you know, just be able to kind of lay the cards up on the table and just have a regular conversation, and it was great. And so I had to, one, take the opportunity to figure out which angle I wanted to go and how I wanted to put this piece together and to what information I actually wanted to add to the piece. Um, I didn't feel that everything was relevant. There was a few things that I told him that, no, I was not going to include into the piece. Um, I didn't feel that it was really necessary to have that part of the interview or the conversation into the piece. So I, I, I wanted to make sure that I treaded lightly on what I did add because I, I you know, obviously hey, nothing was said inappropriately or anything that would have got him in trouble or anything like that. But I wanted to make sure that I was a man of my word when I had conversation with him and we allow, I, you know, I allowed him to kind of open up and be able to um, 
kind of loosen up and, and have a, a more personal conversation with me versus it necessarily being treated as a interview. Um, I, you know, I, I got to once again thank Daryl Wallace um, for, or also known as Bubba, giving me the opportunity to sit and have the conversation with him. Um, you're going to Bristol as long as my situation does not affect. Um, for those that don't know, um, yesterday I became officially unemployed. Um, I am working eagerly to come up with a couple of things. I have gotten a couple, a wind of a couple of different. Um, opportunities in the local area, but as long as that does not affect me, I will be meeting you out there, Daniel, at Bristol, because I have it lined up that we are approved to go to Bristol, go to Atlanta, and then, of course, I'm supposed to follow that with a friend going to um, Richmond. So depending on my financial situation at that point in time, that's why I've been eagerly working all day long to get things knocked out, um, the site has had a phenomenal, phenomenal day um, between myself. We brought back a writer, um, Ricky, I want to say Ricky Grant was his name. I want to make sure I get his name right. I cannot remember. It might be Garrett. Um, might be his last name. Between Ricky, um, yeah, Ricky Garrett. Between Ricky Garrett, Raphael, and myself, we have been killing it today. Um, we have had a, a very, very, very strong day over the last 24 hours um, to kind of, you know, go with the month that we have had. Um, as a matter of fact, I think today we have already exceeded what we normally do in a month. Um, so the next 10 days is a record pace for us this month. And, you know, as long as benefits and everything come through like they should, um, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity as long as I can and, and help this site and help everything uh, move. Um, gotcha. Um, move everything in the right direction, and hopefully it will all balance out. Um, I, I have all the confidence in the world between um, the benefits that I should get, um, the bouncing gigs that we was already in discuss of me going back to Chapel Hill, Durham, and Raleigh area and pick up some of those and be able to put a full-time um, a full-time uh, worth of work into the site. I, I've seen the, the benefits and the positives, the positive outcomes today alone of what we have gotten out of the company the last two days. I'm just hoping that between the three of them, I will be able to balance everything out until hopefully we are established enough that when the benefits spread out, I can still just do the balancing of this. That's what the ultimate goal is at this point. The cars were forced. Um, the cars were forced. My hands were forced. And the bed's been made. i got to lay in it. So let's see what we can make happen. And uh, who knows? Uh, but we got a lot of pieces out over the last 24 hours. We've gotten the Atlanta Falcons preview in the last time in Atlanta history. We got the Arizona Cardinals preview in the last time in Arizona history. Um, Marcel Darius will talk about that. Is entered the NFL. Um, which one is that, Miss Lee? And what time? Okay, and what time are we looking forward to having her? Um, he has entered the NFL substance abuse program. Um, another one of those wonderful NFL players that uh, couldn't say no to drugs. Poor guy. And what's funny is a lot of these players would not get caught, and a lot of these people would not get caught if they decided to abide the laws. 
In other words, if he wouldn't have been speeding in Alabama, then he would have never got caught with having the, the, the spice and other contraband that he had, um, as the uh, article was, uh, and what the report came out to say. So, you know, do what you do in your own business. I'm not here to judge and not judge when it comes to whether or not spice, um, which if you're going to do spice and get in trouble for it, you might as well just go ahead and do the real stuff anyway. But if you want to smoke your weed, then that's your business. I really don't care. But uh, if you're an NFL player and the possibility of your career is being on the line because you want to smoke weed, they don't buy the dang-on laws so you do not get in trouble. You do not get pulled over. The cops don't have a reason to search you and everything else that goes along with that. And you avoid all this. Not that it really made a difference because he was not going to, he had not passed the preconditioning um, of the uh, the workout camp, so he was basically going to get put on the fat boy plan anyway. Um, so if it wasn't one thing, it was another, uh, which that's, that's a whole other topic. I, I don't understand how you make millions of dollars. This is what you get paid to do. This is what you get paid to do. And yet, you can't even pass the preconditioning. You you are too lazy in your off season, and this is another prime example of why I preached that the NFL should not give their, their their employees six months off to do nothing. That they should be accountable Monday through Friday, nine to five. Prime example right here. If he was accountable and has to be in the weight room Monday through Friday from nine to five, training himself just the way I do. I've always spent two to three hours a day in the gym. If he was accountable and had to spend two to three hours in the gym a day and, and working on different body parts, there would not be the issue of not being able to pass the preconditioning and, and not be on the fat boy program. That makes no sense to me at all. Not a, there is no excuse at all. At all. I, I take it very serious when, when I'm in bouncing mode. Now, I, I know that people see my picture from a year ago and, and saw how, how out of shape I was. I understand that once upon a time I was a 52-inch waist, 320-plus pounds, was lucky to roll my big ass off the couch. I understand now, thanks to fall fuel protein, which I'll plug here in a second, I got about a 39-inch waist, about 255 to 260, and, and stronger than I've ever been in my life. But in between that time frame, I had maybe two balancing gigs, and I was already... I was already back into working out at that point in time before I even picked out the bouncing gig. As a matter of fact, I was already two months, if not three months, in the back end getting workout before I picked out picked up any more bouncing gigs. I take that stuff serious. A lot of people ask me all the time when I was bouncing. You, you guys got to understand, when I first got into the whole bouncing gig, I was running a, a pizza shop that I was lucky to have a day off. And usually my schedule went from I got into the gym about 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning, Worked out until 9, 30, 10 o'clock. The gym was like two blocks away. It was literally like two minutes. I would work from 10, and if I had bouncing gigs, I would leave at 8 o'clock and shoot to Chapel Hill um, or Durham or Raleigh, wherever the bouncing gig might happen to be. Or I worked the rest of the night and got off 11, 12 o'clock at night. And the bouncing gig, I got home about 4-ish in the morning. That's what I did seven days a week. Um, usually I bounce three, maybe four times a week, depending on the time of the year, um, especially when UNC um, last took their basketball team to the championship. I had probably five days a week of bouncing gigs. 
And that's what I did. But I still made sure I was in the gym every day because I took my job serious. I was not getting paid millions of dollars. He doesn't break down that I was making some $8,000 a minute like we broke down somebody's pay the other day. I was getting paid anywhere from usually on average between $20 and $40 an hour. That was it. Um, not not the most luxurious job in the world, but, you know, made a lot more money on, on the hour than a lot of people make in this world. And so, therefore, I took it serious. I wanted to make sure that I was in the best shape possible. I wanted to make sure that nobody had the upper hand on me. And so it really just it, it makes me rub my head. And it almost gives me a headache. I might have to I might have to call for some Tylenol. How you make millions of dollars and you let yourself get to the point that your fat ass can't even pass the, the preconditioning. You you are unable to physically be able to do the things you need to do in in, in the OTAs and the training camps and everything else that you got to prepare yourself for the season. I don't understand it. Give me the league minimum, what, $600,000. I guarantee you, not only would I have gone from a 52-inch waist and 320-plus pounds down to where I'm at now, I'd probably have a damn six-pack by now. I would probably be able to run, probably be the fastest 36-year-old out there on the damn field if you pay me $600,000 a year. I don't understand how you can play in a league that pays you so much, gives you gives gives you so much, and yet you care. You show us you care so little that you cannot even pass preconditioning. But we're going to talk a little bit why I want to focus the whole point on the on the beginning of it. Uh, five things I learned uh, about uh, Daryl Bubble Wallace Jr. I want to kind of dance and talk around that. Brian Francis says one voice. RCA is unnecessary. Is that more the fact that he still wants to make sure that NASCAR himself and, and the family have complete control, or is it the fact that he wants to make sure that the fans are, are still connected with this, this brand? Um, kind of kind of on the fence on where the motives are on the RCA and Brian France. Uh, Boston Red Sox, uh, Boston Red Sox, poised for playoff push. Um, as Ricky Garrett made his return to the 110 Nation, so so glad to have him back with us. Um, as a matter of fact, I need to make sure that I tweet out to him sometime throughout the show. Um, as a matter of fact, I can look up his Twitter handle real quick. Miss Lee, you can uh, if you're listening. I know you're in and out because Miss Lee is getting the opportunity to go out to Eldora tomorrow night. I wish I was back in the great state of Ohio. I miss home, and I miss the opportunity to be able to go. And now, see, I clicked too many buttons too damn quick, and now I have sand garbage everywhere. Um, And I think I fixed my problem from last night. For those that missed last night's show, we had some technical difficulties, but I think I figured it out. Um, I, I think my company was uh, taking away some of my privileges because I didn't realize that I missed miss paying the bill last month, and so I had to pay first thing today. So I think that was more of the issue um, of why we have the issues. I'm hoping we have no issues tonight. Um, at Boston underscore sports, 
um, is the Twitter handle for Ricky Garrett. So to get a chance sometime, I'm gone, I'm back, I'm gone, I'm back. I keep bouncing around. There we go. Um, Miss Lee, if you get the opportunity, if you are listening right now, I'm not 100% sure if you're tuned in right now because I know you're getting ready. Um, at Boston underscore sports is Ricky Garrett's um, Twitter handle. I want to make sure that I get it out there. Um, that way um, we can follow him. I don't know if I follow him yet. I just remember it was in the email that he sent me. And I want to make sure that those that listen to the show have an opportunity to follow him. Um, he's going to be writing all Boston sports teams for us, that be Red Sox, Bruins, um, Celtics, um, and I'm sure the New England Patriots too as well. Um, so glad to have him back and uh, looking forward to see what all he has to talk about. Uh, Boston Red Sox win, or, yeah, Boston Red Sox win in eight of the last nine games um, going into today. So uh, looking, looking to see the Boston Red Sox to continue making a strong push to make a playoff run. Um, second half of the season underway, so uh, a lot to uh, look forward to and a lot to be said. So we'll, we'll continue to keep an eye, especially on um, the East out there. Um, sponsorships, let me throw those in there real quick before we jump into, um, I, I know we got Hannah, I'm not sure, I think she might be at 9.30, and that might be her right there. Miss Hannah, I will get you here in just one second. Let me get taken care of the sponsors real quick. Um, Got to make sure that I thank uh, Frog Fuel Protein. Uh, 15 grams of protein, no carbs, 100% absorption. Great, great stuff. Cannot beat this product. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, a prime example of working out in comparison, comparison to the NFL in comparison to me and the bouncing. I went from a 52-plus-inch waist to 320-plus pounds, was lucky to roll myself off the couch, now down to 39-inch waist, 255 to 260 pounds, benching 460, all-time highs. i got to thank for all Keel protein. You want to get the best bang for your buck. If you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of your workout, make sure that you jump over to uh, – Perform, www.fogperformance.com. Get, uh, well, one, jump over to my fan page, CJ Sports. It will give you an idea of what this product can do for you. You like what you see and you see the results. And a prime example, all you got to do is check my cover or cover photo out. Anybody that knew me last year and seen my cover photo now, you, you, you will see 110% different. Uh, once you check out the results of what this product is helping me do, all you do is jump over to www.profitperformance.com, order your supply of frog fuel protein, get the best out of it, and you will definitely be happy with the results that you will get as long as you have a healthy diet and you're not sitting on Don't just think you're going to drink the protein. Um, they're, well, not really drink. It's a uh, kind of a gel stuff in a package just like this. Um, let me make sure I hold that up here. Good. And don't think you're going to sit on the couch and eat Twinkies and flip through the channels and expect results. Make sure that you have a good workout uh, routine and a healthy diet. Um, also, Sideways Illustrated, make sure you jump over to SidewaysIllustrated.com. Get your copy of the Dirt Track magazine of the Southeast. Also, Monterey's Mexican restaurants you can find them at 173 Westwood Shopping Center, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Let them know the 110 Nation sent you 10% off your bill. Also, TopBet.com for all your online betting needs. Side, or I'm sorry, uh, digital throttle for, uh, I don't know, well, just uh, digital throttle. 
for coming on board. Also, I got to thank um, Pete Products and I'm drawing, uh, Yard Barker and things like oh, NASCAR in here for the opportunities they've given us. Also, I want to thank Optim, Optimal Fusion. Um, they are coming on board with the 110 Nation. They contacted me today. I'm looking forward to having a great, great relationship with them. Um, I will be getting everything and all the information and everything that's going to go on the site tomorrow. Um, so not only have we been knocking out articles and expanding our, our fan base, but um, I've been getting hit up more and more of different uh, companies that are wanting to work with us. So looking forward to see what uh, what the finalization looks like and what they got to uh, give us over there. I know that they are offering something up front for us, so I'm glad to see that and looking forward to uh, working with Optimal Optimal Fusion. Um, so make sure you guys check them out as well. Without any further ado, we got Hannah Newhouse hanging out in the uh, in the studio, and we are going to get her on the show. She's got a lot of things going on, and so far has uh, a lot of things already going on. Looking forward to uh, hopefully be able to help her move forward with everything she's got going on. Hannah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. It has been a hot minute since we've had you. Um, before we jump into everything real quick, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, your 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 site, your Twitter, your Facebook, anything you want to plug, sponsorships, um, and, and then we'll jump into uh, talking to you and kind of getting caught up to what's going on since the last time we've had you on the show. Perfect. Well, of course, the main the main place that people can, you know, really follow day-to-day weekend updates, of course, is going to be my Twitter and my Facebook page, which Facebook is Hannah Newhouse Racing, and then uh, my Twitter handle is Fish Newhouse Racing. And so that's more of the feed that you're going to get from, you know, practice updates, qualifying, all that kind of fun stuff. But, of course, if they visit my website, too, which is hannahnewhouse.com, it'll give them links to everything from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, uh press releases, everything's on my website. So that's one of the main places, too. Um, I actually, you know, we've got some big things in the works for the end of this year, and so a lot of it's unofficial. I can't really announce some big sponsorship stuff that we got going on. But, uh, of course, right now i got to thank the team JD Motorsports. They put me in a tour car all this year, and we've been really successful along with we have a house car that we built ourselves that I've been running part-time. But we've just now, you know, gotten the – the bugs shaken out of it and been real successful in that as well. I know you've had a, a busy season so far, and, and I know that i seen, I think last week, you guys were out doing autographs. Um, you had a couple different things set up. I, I know that there was pictures posted with you, and I believe another driver, and you guys were doing autographs. Then I believe you guys had the truck out at a gas station. Um, outside of, of those little things that you had going on so far, how has the season go? And how's the season been going for you so far? Well, actually, um, I had some really unfortunate luck earlier this year. Um, what happened was I was running at Kern County Raceway, which is in Bakersfield, California, and it's, I mean, it's unbelievably fast high-bank half mile that we have out here on the West Coast. And um, we had some serious mechanical issues that we've been fighting all weekend with the rack in the steering. And uh, what happened is about halfway through the race, the rack got hung up and the car literally wouldn't turn, and I ended up hitting head-on in the wall at 145. So, mm. that being said, I actually ended up breaking my wrist and tearing ligaments, and they took me in. I actually raced after I broke my wrist and tore the ligaments. I was like, there's nothing wrong with it. You guys look crazy. 
And finally, it just it was to the point where I couldn't do it anymore, and we took me in, and I actually ended up having to have surgery. And so I'm currently in the recovery process right now. They have yet to clear me to actually get back behind the wheel again. Clear me in the next two weeks, which is so exciting to get back behind the car. It's been a solid two months since I've been in a car. But um, beforehand, I mean, we were really successful in the tour series, considering it's an unbelievably hard series to be um, successful in. And then we're also going to, of course, when I'm rehabilitated, jump back into the touring series along with hitting some of the bigger races like the Fall Classic held in Vegas. And then, of course, the Canaan West Race at Phoenix at the end of the year. Now, I know I've seen a post, and I don't know how far in detail you can go with it, but I saw the post on Facebook where you are looking to try to run in the K&N Pro Series race in Phoenix. How is that coming for you? Um, we actually have some really exciting news we're going to announce here shortly. We get some of the little things worked out. So I can't say much about that, but we do have um, a really cool sponsor jumping on a board that I'm really excited about. Like I said, I can't say much about that right now. But So be sure to follow okay. it and, I mean, watch everything that's going on because it'll be – it's going to be exciting. But uh, things are going really good right now as far as getting things handled. I'm going to be running for Thompson Motorsport, which I've previously ran with in 2012. Um, I made my debut with the team, and I ended up getting six for being the youngest female and highest-finishing highest, highest finishing female in Canaan with. But we're getting back together with them, and um, I'm really excited. It'll be my second time on a mile track, but my first time in a Canaan car on one of those size tracks. And I'm really excited to get the opportunity to run in front of these big teams. I mean, Cup's going to be there, Nationwide Trucks. It's going to be a huge opportunity for me to possibly show what I'm capable of. Now, what's what's the difference between the, the car you normally run and the setup and, and the style of car that you're going to be running in the K&N Pro Series? Is there, is there a big difference, and a, a big leap from one car to the other, or are they, they kind of similar and is that going to be much of a, a difference for you? Actually, if you ask me, I think it's a really big jump. Um, and to be honest with you, I think it's a big jump down, personally. Uh, what I run right now is super late models. I mean, we're about 600 to 650 horsepower, really light cars. We're like 2,900 pounds for the horsepower. And uh, basically, you can change just about anything on that car as far as, like, adjustments goes. And so, I mean, if you were to put the K&N car and the super late model on the track together, the super late models are going to be faster. And they're a lot more twitchier, if that makes sense, where the K&N cars are a lot heavier, about the same horse, heavier and drive more like boats, if you ask me. But the big difference with these two series is um, the Canaan West Series has a NASCAR affiliation, where the Super Late Model Series I run doesn't. And at this point in my career, I really need to have my foot in the door with NASCAR because, I mean, that's where you're going to have to make it. You know, you don't see Danica Patrick because she's running a local Super Late Model Series. She's running it because she's running with NASCAR. So, Mainly it's because it's a NASCAR affiliated series that it's a huge step for me. But um, as far as cars go, I really feel like it's a down step because the super late models are so much more technical. They're more faster. Um, so I mean, it's going to be it's going to be weird again to get something something like that. Now, obviously, the the car side of the house is not going to be the issue because you feel that you're kind of kind of stepping down, grading down when it comes to car-wise. And I'm not trying to say that where you're racing now is a step down to the K&N. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to say 
what right. you're going to be driving is probably going to be simpler for you. But how nervous are you because you know that, okay, the car side of the house you don't got to worry about. Now it's the competition side that's going to get extremely harder. How 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 is that going to be an adjustment for you? Um, well, of course, the competition side of it is always a whole new aspect. But um, I'm still pretty confident for the fact that a lot of these guys that are going to be racing at the at the Phoenix race, I've actually raced it before. I raced with a lot of them, actually, in my debut. And uh, Thompson Motorsports, they still continued to race on in the Canaan Pro Series after I uh, raced for them. And they took me to a lot of the races. So I actually got really close with a lot of the competitors that I'm going to be racing with. And uh, it's going to be tough. A lot of these guys are you know, veterans in this series. They've raced at Phoenix multiple years in a row, let alone other miles, tracks. So the competition is going to be there for me to have never driven at Phoenix, let alone at Phoenix in a K&N car. So they're going to have some experience on me, but I feel I feel like I'll be able to adapt pretty quickly. We get two days of testing. And uh, hopefully, you know, some of those friends that I've made are going to be willing to go, ah, you know, Hannah, I'll give you some advice. But you, you never know now that they're competitors and not – and not just friends, it's going to be a whole new ball game. Now, I, I promise that I do not creep people's Facebook pages, but I do try to keep <laughs> up with the guests we've had on, and, and I try to – Miss Lee has beat me to it. I saw your post when you was talking about the uh, K&N, K&N Pro Race at Phoenix, but she happened to contact you before I did, um, or even before I had an opportunity to have her um, jump on it. She was already on it. But I did see you standing there with a cap and gown and everything. So that does mean that you were the one that was graduating that day, and so you've graduated since the last time you've been on the show, correct? Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again. I, I, I didn't follow that. Sorry. You have graduated since the last time you was on the show. Yes. Yeah, I did. I graduated that was high you, school that was your gra- last I just want to make sure that was your graduate. Okay. Um, yep, that was me. Was that a big, was that a big relief off your back? Um, finally being done with high school, and two, has that changed anything with your racing? Has it made it where you've been able to be 100% more into what you're doing, um, or has that transition? Because I believe I saw something that you uh, are going somewhere, and I want to say I saw the college that you're going to, but I cannot remember off the top of my head. It's a nice college, whatever it was. Um, or have you start to, uh, are, are you still starting to focus on what, you're going to college for, or does it have something to do with relating to racing? Yeah, um, I'm actually going to Boise State University this fall. That's what it was. And I'm going to go as a full-time student. It works out nice because I'm only about an hour and a half, two hours from home. So I'm far enough away from home that I'm not at home, but I'm close enough that I can still do all my racing. Um, and we actually worked out a lot of the stuff with the college that's going to allow me to still be able to, you know, solely focus on my racing while going to school. But I am actually going to college for, um, I'm going to major in marketing and then minor in communications because I've got this, this thing, this thought that if I'm not going to be able to race, I'm going to market someone else being able to race. <laughs> so I'm go. really excited to, you know, be able to narrow down uh, my studies into something I, I enjoy doing instead of, you know, chemistry and government and that kind of stuff that they make you <laughs> take in high school. I'm really excited to get the focus on marketing. So what's what's which is more uh nervous? What makes you more nervous? The the whole idea of going to college and going to uh uh, uh big college, Boise State, or pursuing your, your career and running in the K and N Pro Series and pop 
possibly, you know, other things, which at this point of your your life, it seems to be more overwhelming or maybe not so much overwhelming, but kind of is a little bit more nervous, get your palms a little bit sweatier, um, the, the whole college idea or the whole, you know, the opportunity that you're getting ready to uh, have coming up in Phoenix? I definitely think college is making me more nervous because I don't feel like I have those ropes quite figured out yet. You know, it's going to be a whole new whole new experience for me of living with, you know, I'm living on campus. So I'm going to be living with people I don't know by myself. You know, I mean, it's, I'm going to be on my own, and that's going to be the first time for me. And so I think that's more nerve-wracking to me because I really feel like, don't get me wrong, I'm no expert, no pro, but I feel like I, I'm more comfortable solely in the world of racing, you know, so the whole getting sponsorships, talking to people, learning the ropes of tracks. I feel more comfortable in that than I do the whole college concept. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I mean, you, you've been doing this for a long time. College is, it is a lot different than high school. I, well, I'm going to go from what I know. I, I've gotten the opportunity to do a lot of uh, work in, in, in the Chapel area, so I've been around UNC a lot. And I, I've got to hear the differences and kind of experience through other people's eyes. Now, I did online schooling with my GI Bill, so I never actually stepped foot in a campus myself. But I, I can imagine the differences of, you know, you growing up and, and being used to being around the car and around the tracks and around the guys versus going from high school, which is a whole different ball game, than high, uh, or going to college, which is a whole different ball game from high school. Um how tough is it going to be for you to balance going back and forth? I know you said it was like two hours or roughly two hours, um, if I heard you right, from where you live and where college is. How, how difficult is that going to be for you to try to continuously pursue a racing career, um, especially if you keep catching, you know, opportunities that you're going to be catching with uh, with going to school and everything? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a juggle. That's for sure. I mean. We haven't figured out where um, my classes that I actually scheduled. I won't have classes on Fridays. That way, you know, it gives us travel time to all of our races and stuff. And I really did sit down with, um, you know, the vice president of operations and stuff. And we sat down and, you know, I kind of told them my situation. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go to school here. This is something I'm really looking forward to. And um, here's my situation, though. And they, obviously, Boise State is huge on athletics. Due to the, you know, their football team is one of their claim to fame. Um, so they're they're willing to work with me, which has been awesome. I mean, if I get on board with my professors, I think it'll be an easy task. I mean, I graduated high school in three years just so I could, I don't know, go to school again. I Call me crazy. but um, And I managed to do that and double up classes going to high school full-time plus racing. So I think college is just going to be um, a real similar task, if you ask me. Well, it sounds like uh... – you have a plan. Hopefully that, that continues to go that way. Um, it, it seems that when you get into rhythm and, and everything seems to be planned out and, and you got everything the way you think that they should go, there's always a wrench or, or a loose nut or something that kind of detours everything. Um, outside of the K&N race, and we're not going to talk about that, how is the rest of the season looking for you? Um, what are you guys looking forward to, moving forward to doing? Um, what are you trying to accomplish the rest of the season? And, and what are some of the goals 
um, if it be complete in the series you're in, if it be win a championship, I don't know if you ran enough races to, you know, be in the contention for that. But what is the rest of the season outside of that opportunity looking like for you guys? Um, definitely is going to be main goal, get rehabilitated, you know, get my strength back so I'm able to uh, be at full competition when I go there. But we're I'm planning on applying again for the NASCAR Director Diversity Program. This will be my third year back if they take me back, which could be a huge step in my career considering I, I feel this year I'm more eligible than ever now that I'm, you know, out of high school, have the ability to live on my own to where if they called me and said, okay, we want you back here, they don't feel like they have a full-time babysitting job. So uh, I really feel like, you know, this year is going to be the best year for me. I've got more experience than ever. So the Drive for Diversity program is going to be huge for me if they pull me back. Um, and then also we've got some big super late model races such as the uh, Fall Classic, which is going to be in Vegas in October. That always brings some great competition. I love racing at the Bullring. And then uh, we'll probably go back in November um, for the SRL Tour Series, which is the series I run, for their last race along with the K&N Pro Series. I mean, really, it's limited to what I get to run this year since uh, where I live. Season generally ends, like, the first week of September because weather permits. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really limited, sadly, to what I get to do the rest of the season. But luckily, we found some places like Vegas and Phoenix that have opened some opportunities for us. Now, you were one of the contestants in the uh, Peak Challenge, correct? Yes. Now, I've gotten pretty much the, the same consensus, the same yeah, consensus throughout everybody's um, answers when I've asked this, but I, I well, the first part, and then I'm going to ask you the second question, which I've asked most of them, and I think most of them have said yes as well. Um, even though you weren't selected as one of the final 18, um, has it helped you like it's helped everybody else. I know everybody else at this point has seen an increase in their fan base, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, um, just traffic to their, their their fan page, or just people coming up and saying, yeah, I voted for you, or, you know, that you didn't know, or, you know, you know, w- wishing you left throughout the contest or whatever, that you just had no idea that knew you. And then second of all, when it comes around next year, is this going to be a contest that you're going to try to enter again? Yeah, I mean, I really did feel like it helped me as far as um, publicity goes. You know, of course, you have the people that you know that are getting on there every day voting for you. But then, you know, you have the people on there, and I know I was guilty of it, that sat there and skimmed through video after video after video. And even just, I mean, not just the contestants. You know, you had probably friends and family and, and sponsors, even of other races that were on there that were skimming through these videos. And I really did feel like... It, it came back to help as far as, like, you know, uh, publicity on your Facebook page, Twitter handle, all of those things I really saw increase. Um, and as far as next year, uh, I I definitely think I would apply next year. You know, I, I looked at who they selected this year, and out of all of the contestants, you know, I had my opinion on, you know, who I thought, of course, was going to be selected and who wasn't. And some of them caught me by surprise. A lot of them weren't over the age of, like, 18 or under the age of 18, 19 that, I mean, Michael Lira, for one, is an ARCA driver and an amazing super late model driver who's 16. And so I was like, oh, you know, they're choosing kids that are look like they're 18, 19, of course, eligible to go and be independent. And so I'm like, perfect. Next year I'll be 18, good to go, you know, prime candidate for it. So, of course, I mean, you'll for sure see me apply next year. 
Now, I've had my opinions as well, and I I kind of backed off my opinions when Pete contacted us and and really got involved with us and and helped us out, so I couldn't. And it's one of those things that you might not agree, being as a contestant, on how it played out and how they selected, but you can only say so much because you were part of the contest and want to have an opportunity in future contests. And so right. that's kind of the route I end up having to take because they actually reached out to Miss Lee and sent her a long email and everything else and was very helpful in getting the rest of the, concept, uh, the contestants to come on the show. So it's kind of one of those things that we can only say so much because we want the same opportunity you want and seeing next year. And even though we're not actually in the contest, we want to have deep, full cooperation that like we had this year. And I was really surprised that they reached out to us and they really helped us um, locked down a lot of uh, of the bigger interviews that uh, we were wanting to get our hands on, so I, I was glad to see that. Um, I know you run truck and car. Um, I, I've seen both, obviously, on your Facebook page. Um, Small Night, Eldora, Dirt, NASCAR Truck Series on there. Uh, one, are you going to have the opportunity to watch it? Two, are you a fan of dirt track racing? And three, if you are, um, did you ever think, um, this event would be as big as it's gotten to be. Just uh, a track in Ohio that is turned into this a big event on a Wednesday night, um, and it's become part of the uh, truck series schedule. Yeah, I think it's awesome that they put these trucks under. I mean, I've always I've been born and raised asphalt. I mean, I started off in go karts and asphalt, and have always just been on asphalt. But um, I mean, I've always wanted to try dirt. We took our trucks to dirt last year, which, of course, are 602 crate motors, and we were on, like, a quarter mile. So I, I can't say we really amounted to much, but it was by far one of the most fun races that I've ever been in. And uh, I'm absolutely dying to get back on dirt, let alone the truck series is by far my favorite series to watch in NASCAR. Don't get me wrong, cup races are fun to watch NASCAR nationwide. But the trucks, I mean, I have really good friends that race in the truck series, let alone I just think they provide some of the bracing. And so then let's throw them on dirt and make it even more interesting to watch because dirt, I feel, is just so much more unpredictable and creates such better racing than asphalt, minus the fact, like I said, I'm an asphalt racer at heart. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be watching it tomorrow night. If not, I'll record it. I mean, I'm getting texts from five, six, seven people that have promised me updates all night tomorrow night. But, um yeah, like I said, I'm dying to get back on dirt at some point. I'm trying to convince my my old car owner to put me in his dirt modified after I after I get all healed up just just to try it. Hmm. Oh goodness, uh, I, I definitely can't wait to see it. Uh, we actually had one of the drivers will be out there tomorrow, Cody Erickson. He was actually in the uh, the peak challenge. He was actually one of the 18 that was selected. Um, he's actually going to be out at Eldorado. Uh, tomorrow night, I, I did see constant Facebook updates. Um, them getting the truck ready, ready, taking pictures of them actually slapping the uh, NASCAR Truck Series logo on it and everything else. Um, so very excited about that. Um, seeing him actually having that opportunity, um, I, I'm just amazed on what Tony Stewart and everybody has managed to do with this track and, and turn this into such a, a big event. Um, and, and I'm glad to see that. We get to see something out of the ordinary. We don't, you know, it's, it's a Wednesday night race and there's trucks on the dirt. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, I don't want to consume all your time tonight. Um, I, I know that we got someone else. Um, as a matter of fact, Kenny Martin, which I know you know him. Um, his wife is actually coming on here in a little bit. Um, she's 
one of the female football players um, on the San Diego Surge team that uh, is actually going to be in the national championship game. And ironically enough, it is August 2nd, so I do not, do not know who won the contest, but it would be very, uh, very good to see if Kenny Martin can help coach that, that team to a national title and happen to win the peak performance all in the same night when it finally released. Um, but either way, we got to have his wife come on, so I'm not going to tie you up, and plus I'm not sure when she's coming on. But I want to give you the opportunity one more time before we let you go for the evening. Um, before I do, I want to make sure that I, I make sure that you know that the door is always open for you to make a return and come back and talk with us. Um, you are a very energetic, fun person to talk to on the show, uh, and obviously you have a lot going on. I cannot imagine... Um, one, graduating high school early. I just got really lazy in high school. But two, trying to go to a big school like that and, and try to do everything that you're doing racing career-wise, and now you're about to have a two-hour separation roughly and, and try to continue doing what you're doing. I, I definitely tip my hat to you at a very young age and be as motivated and dedicated as you are. Um, very, very impressed with that. But the door is always open anytime you want to make a return, anything, anytime you need anything. Um, we will try to do our darndest to make sure that we help in any which way we can. But before we let you go, go ahead and let them know how to follow you, like you, your, your fan page, um, throw out your sponsors, anything that you want to uh, throw out there before we wrap you up. Perfect. Yeah, like I said earlier, my uh... – the best way to probably keep up with everything would be through my website, which is hannahnewhouse.com. That gives you plugs and links to, I mean, all of my handles, such as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, it's all directly there from my uh, website, which is hannahnewhouse.com again. And, of course, we have sweet T-shirts, too, that are for sale right now, $15, that you can also get on there as well. Um, and then, again, of course, I want to thank my team owners, which is JD Motorsports, that have put me in a tour car, and my parents helped me build this car from scratch, which is a super late model as well that I run. And then also Thompson Motorsports for giving me this opportunity this fall to go run in the Canaan West Series, which, of course, we're still looking for any help, any sponsorships that we can get, you know, just to make sure that this opportunity is set in stone and that I really get to hopefully show what I got in front of the big teams. But, um, yeah, I mean, of course, HannahNewhouse.com is definitely the main place to follow along. And do me a favor, when you are allowed to release everything and everything that you can release, make sure that you uh, – send that information our way so we can make sure we share that every which way we can as well so um, we can send as much support as you go to the Phoenix racetrack and uh, continue moving forward with your career that we possibly can. Um, Hannah, I want to thank you very, very much for giving us your time um, and, and hanging out with us. Um, like I said, the door is always open anytime you want to come back on, anytime that you want to put anything out, anything um, just contact myself or contact Miss Lee, and uh, we will do what we can do to make anything and everything uh, happen possible. You enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, hope to hear from you soon, and good luck with the rest of the season. Good luck out in Phoenix, and uh, definitely good luck with the, the whole schooling thing, and you have a great night. Perfect. Thanks for having me on. Yes, ma'am. That was Hannah Newhouse a very talented, very beautiful young lady um, that has a lot of potential and uh, looking forward to hopefully um, seeing her in the NASCAR series 
one day, one day, hopefully here in the very near future. Um, I, I constantly and it is funny because I hate sounding like a, a creeper when it comes to Facebook this and Facebook that. But you know, I, I try to, and that's just like the Cody Harrison thing. Knew that he was going to be out there tomorrow night. Got the opportunity to run the truck out on uh, Eldor. I try to keep up with those that give us the opportunity to have them on the show. And I, I know it sounds kind of creeperish sometimes when when I, I know things and, and they have not personally told me. I just happen to you know come across and see pictures and and see status updates and everything else. Uh, but. Uh, very young, talented lady that is, is doing a lot, and, and obviously, you know, Boise State is not no rollover college. It's not some local community or, you know, tech college. It's, you know, a, a prestigious kind of college. Um, so balancing that, balancing her her racing team and, and her career and also this opportunity in the K&N um, Pro Series, obviously there's a lot of things on her plate, and it's just great to see somebody that is so dedicated and uh, so um, motivated to better themselves and trying to make the best of the opportunities they were they are given, and it's it just great to see that. Uh, we've had her on the show once before. Very energetic, very fun person to talk to, um, and you know, like I like I told her and anybody else that comes on the show, the door is always open. I have not had one single person that I would not enjoy having coming back. They have always all of them have been great interviews. All of them have uh, graciously blessed us with their time, and we've had the opportunity to make the best of it. And, uh, you know, some of them we've been able to help out more than others, as Jay Havens, we, we slap a sponsor on his car. Um, Kenny Martin, we helped back him, and he was the first one we happened to get in contact with is with the uh, contest, so we put his banner up to help him get into the uh, peak performance. And I'm going to say, we're the reason. Um, but we were able to be a part of the reason and be able to help. Now, obviously, those young kids that went out there, that he, uh, his students, and, and went out there to door to door and got people to vote. Obviously, they are, are the ones that need more of the uh, the recognition and, and, and the applauding because I, I couldn't imagine me being, I think you said, sixth grade middle schoolers and going door to door to support my teacher on a racing career was something I would have done back in the sixth grade. Um, so I really am impressed with not only those kids, but obviously he's a teacher that is very well liked for those students and want to do that. And, and that's why we've had him on two or three times, and that's reason, one of the reasons why we backed him and we've helped promote him and we still stay in contact with him. And we're going to have his wife on here um, to talk women's, women's football here shortly. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. While we're at the halfway mark, let me go ahead and plug our sponsors real quick, and we'll jump in some of the topics that we have for the second half of the show before we get uh, Miss Martin on the show. i got to thank Frog Field Protein. Make sure, and I didn't put this on there earlier, and Miss Lee told me to do it, and she's probably going to smack me now because I didn't. Um, it's a good thing she is packing. For those that don't know, Miss Lee has gotten the opportunity to go to the uh, Eldora race tomorrow night um, to watch the trucks on the, uh, on the dirt. Kind of jealous. I know I've been to quite a bit tracks. I know I've been to Daytona. I know I've been to Atlanta, Kentucky, Bristol, um, Charlotte. I know that I think I named them all, and I'm getting ready to go to Richmond as long as the finances get themselves right. Um, but I would love to go to Eldora. Not only, for two reasons. One, I'd be able to go back home. Um, I'm not sure how far Eldora is from the Dayton area, but I'm sure it would be close enough that I could go see family 
and make weekend out of it. But two, yes, I, that's a track that I, I've not been to. I've been to Charlotte like four times. I've been to Daytona like three times. Um, I've been to Atlanta twice already. I, you know, been there, been that, and, and done this and done that. But I've not got to go elsewhere. And I want to, at one point in my life, I am hoping to have the 110 at a point that I will be able to go to every track in a single season. Yes, I would love to be able to travel 36 races in one season. That is that is going to be my goal um, with, with the 110 Nation is be able to travel with the uh, the NASCAR touring crew, uh, not necessarily with them. In my own RV, that's going to have 110 slapped all over it and be able to see the countryside and go from coast to coast and from north to south and east to west and everything else and be able to see all thirty two or I'm sorry, all thirty six races and be able to enjoy that. And then my next goal obviously would be my Cleveland Browns. I would want to go travel and see all sixteen games that season. Um I, I know I have high goals and high hopes and wishes, but there there's just certain things that I want to get the experience in a single season, and those are two of them that I want to uh, be able to experience. So and it's not like I'm asking to go see 162 Cleveland Indian games or go see 82 NBA, uh, Cleveland Cavalier games. I'm not being greedy. Um, hell, between the two, that's what, 52 games. Uh, well, 52 races and 52 games. Um, so, and you don't have an RB. You have a camper. But anyway, um I do have some goals and I do have some dreams and wishes and hopefully that will happen one day. But until then, oh my mind, um, Frosty and Puffy, you can check them out at www.frogperformance.com. 15 grams of protein, no carbs, 100% absorption. Great, great stuff. Make sure you also check out, uh, oh, snap, Miss Lee is back because it just moved on its own. Uh I illustrated. I was getting ready to click the next one. Um, I didn't know Miss Miss Lee had jumped back in there. Um, make sure you guys jump over to www.sidewaysillustrated.com. Check out the Southeast Dirt Track Magazine. Also, Monterey's Mexican Restaurant. You can find them at 173 Westwood Shopping Center, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Let them know the 110 Nation sent you 10% off your bill. Also, got to thank TopBet.com, Digital Throttle, Yard Parker, NASCAR, and here, Peak Products. Don't forget the Peak Challenge is on Velocity Channel August 2nd, 9 p.m. Make sure you do not miss that. Um, yes, I saw that question in the chat room. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Dustin for uh, coming and hanging out with us. We've had him on the show. He is uh, one of the announcers out at Talladega um, Super Speedway. Um, and it's one track I've not been to either. Um, so uh, if anybody knows anybody, that's just saying. Uh, I'm working on that. I definitely want to make sure I get out of Talladega and check that out. Uh, but Chase Elliott winning at Chicago Land was the question that was thrown out there by Daniel. What are our opinions and what we thought about that? Um, it's great in, in two different aspects. Uh, one, I grew up being a Bill Elliott fan. Um, I can remember, I don't know whatever happened to it, but I can remember having the Bill Elliott shirt saying fastest lap. It was, what, 212 point some odd miles per hour. Um, I grew up being a awesome, awesome, awesome Bill from Dawsonville fan. Um, that's one of the reasons why I was never a Dale Senior fan because I was a Bill Elliott fan. Um, so to see Chase Elliott win a race, well, not a race because he's won, I believe that was the third race, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I am glad to see that he won the race. 
the other aspect of it, and Sam Edwards maybe was that we had him on last night. Um, yeah, as I said, I thought it was fun. Um, I'm not, Sam Edwards didn't necessarily agree with me, but I feel that it's good for junior motorsport in the, in the aspect of we have a lot of drivers, and, and I've talked about this before, that, and I kind of threw that into a piece when I wrote about the five things that I learned about um, Darren Wallace um, when I published that today. I got the opportunity to sit down and talk to Darren Wallace for about 25 minutes. It was the weekend of Kentucky um, Speedway. Um, I just had to take time to kind of dissect what I wanted to throw into this article. But you got drivers such as Earnhardt and um, Petty, who kind of wrote off Daddy's name, Dale Sr. And, and Richard. And then you've got people like Danica, the marketing kind of made their way. And then you've got Ty and Austin that are riding because Granddaddy owns a, a team. And I think that this could be a really good thing for Junior Motorsports and Dale Jr. in the in the aspect of I think this if he can make Junior Motorsports not only be a, a household name in the nationwide series, but if he can turn this into a spread cup team, I think that will finally get him underneath that umbrella that everybody likes to include myself throw him under saying that he is only in the sport because of his dad. If it's not on the track, which I don't think he'll ever win a championship, I do not think that Junior is that consistent and that good of a driver. But I think if he can use all his, what he has learned driving, what he has learned marketing, what he can take from Hendrick Motorsports, what he learned, the mistakes over DEI, he can put that all together and make Junior Motorsports be competitive with the Hendrick Motorsports and the Roush Fenway and the Stuart Hawk and the Penske at some point or another, probably more towards the end of his career. I, I, I would be shocked if he does not do it and does not drive himself for his own team for at least a, a year or two before he finally hangs up the, the, the helmet. Um I think if he can put all that together and really make Junior Motorsports be a household name, I think that will finally pull him from underneath that umbrella and nobody can any longer say that Junior is only known because because of his daddy, that he's only in the sport because of his daddy. He's only the most popular driver because there's no solidification for him being the most popular driver. At all. All these years, there's no solidification. He does not win enough races. He does not do enough positive things. I'm not saying he's a negative person. I'm not talking, you know, I'm not saying negative. But at the same time, he's not done enough in this sport to be the most popular driver. The only reason he is the most popular driver to this day still is because of that. And I think Junior Motorsports can be his legacy. It can be what finally gets him from underneath that umbrella. I have never played a pool for junior. I am not a junior fan. But for sake of argument and the sake of finally not having to refer to him as under that, I think that I will pull for junior motorsports and, and for that to be a legitimate sprint cup team at one point in time. So by the time he finally walks away from driving, 
or finally five years after he walked away from driving, I no longer have to say it's only because of his dad. I can then say, you know what, he has made his mark in the sport. He has actually done something that legitimately makes him a most popular person or legitimately has etched his name into NASCAR history other than you just happen to be born Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, but Chase Elliott won the race great. It was a great race. I missed the first part of it. I didn't, didn't even click at the, the sprint cup was off, but everybody else was still running, or at least the Nationwide Series. Um, happened to be up at the wing company. Happened to – I was actually watching the Summer ba- Basketball League uh, play going on. I was not even paying no attention, and, and it had to be a screen that was, like, right above me. And I happened to lean back and look and realize that um, there was a race. And uh, I, I know at different points, I think I saw Casey Kane in the lead. I think I might have even seen Trevor Bain before all the pit stops. I can't remember exactly what I saw in the lead. But we did catch, like, the last 20, 30 laps of the race. Um, so the, the, the shininess of the, the light is kind of blinding. It's not working. My switch lights. Um, Ms. Lee, is it an issue at your end that, that, that the light is kind of shining on my my shiny bald head? Um, now I'm paranoid. <laughs> I, I could flip one line up and turn the other light on. It'll dim it in here a little bit, but if it's a, if it's an issue across the board, or I could just sit here and do this for the rest of the show. Anyway, um, um, but yes, I, I, I'm glad to see Chase Elliott win the race, obviously, and uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Junior Motorsports is doing well. Um, other topics that we had before we got uh, Jessica Martin joining us to talk uh, women's football. I'm very excited about that. Uh, all right, Dagon Mouse is going crazy here. Dagon Mouse. What's about the five things that I learned about Daryl Wallace? I got the opportunity to – I was contacted actually on my way to Kentucky Speedway I want to say that was about three weeks ago. And they they informed me that I was going to have an opportunity to have a phone interview with Daryl um, Wallace Jr., also known as Bubba. And, you know, up until that point, you know, I, I've had some big names, but when it comes to the NASCAR level, that was probably the biggest name that I had. To actually have somebody in the truck series give me the time of the day and, and let me sit down. Now, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, shortcut the fact that I got to talk to David Reagan and, and R.J. Mitty with the Breaking Bad. Um, that was a pretty big deal for me, and especially getting the opportunity to write an article to put on NASCAR.com. That was probably uh, one of the biggest highlights uh, of, of my career at this point. But to have the opportunity just to have a one-on-one conversation with um, – have an opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation without any interruptions, just me sitting in my car um, and and Daryl sitting on wherever he was sitting in California on his phone, uninterrupted was a big ordeal. If you have someone that was, you know, has done some nationwide series with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and someone that runs for Kyle Busch Motorsport, um, was was a big deal for me. And, you know, that that kind of set off a a big thing that we had with Ben Rhodes in the K&M Pro Series. 
Um, and I don't know if Miss Lee has worked all that out, if we're getting him on the show or not. But it was set up to be a, a interview. And, and all the sessions, that's, and you call it what you want to call it, but that's you know technically what it was. Um, was an interview, but turned out to be more of a conversation. It turned out to be, and, and I told him certain parts of the conversation and, and certain parts of the, the interview I was not going to use. And it was more of kind of off the record, let's just talk, let's just have a, a, a man-to-man conversation, and it was really cool. And I, I was surprised that he, you know, gave me as much time as he gave me, and it, it just really developed into this conversation. I, I had, and I still have this notepad. <laughs> I lost this notepad. But I had the questions I was going to ask. And I started to write the answer to one of the questions, and you can see the rest of this thing. There's the questions, but I did not write anything down to, to answer. Everything else, I had to go off the straight memory of what we talked about. Because it turns, and I had like eight questions. Like I had a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to ask. And like I said, it ended up turning into more of a conversation. And... I no longer found myself writing stuff down. I, I and found myself just taking the opportunity to have a, a conversation with somebody that wasn't putting himself above anybody and was given somebody that I, I it, it was more or less it, it, it was cool to have somebody that didn't look down their nose at me, and especially later on that day, I, I had somebody from the K and M Pro series. Out of all, you know, I'm not trying to diss the K and M Pro series, but you know that's that's ways away from the Nationwide series, the the, the Truck series, the the Arca series, and then you come in the K and Pro series. And I had someone in the KM Pro Series look down at me because I am a small-time and small-name company. That and we have made leaps and bounds. We have really expanded. Um, uh, like I said, this month is a, a record-paced month for us. I am very pleased on where we're going and, and where the things have been, um, especially this month. But over the last seven months, how we have grown as a company has it's blown me away every day that I sit there and think about it. I, I never would have imagined when we consolidated, consolidated everything back in January and basically restarted once again. And, and, and you know, long story short, you know, I, I've gone through multiple different site names. I, you know, it started off as CJ Sports, uh, CJ Sports NFL blog and CJ Sports NASCAR blog, and, and then it, it changed to. 110 Sports Talk. Then it separated itself again to, you know, we had NASCAR Rewind, NFL, Let's Talk NFL, a whole bunch of different individual sites to we consolidated it all back in January. And, of course, every time you do it, you kind of reset everything and restart over and everybody's got to refine you and all that kind of mess. And I never would have thought 
doing that in January, sitting here in July, we would see the results and we would see um, the traffic and see the support that we have gotten. Um, not only out, out of you guys that are hanging out in the chat room, not out, not only from the drivers that have come back on to the race or, you know, onto the show, such as Hannah and Kenny and, and everybody else we've had come back on the show, but then get the opportunity to, to sit and talk with R.J. Mitty and uh, David Reagan and an opportunity to sit down with Daryl Walt in just the seven months that we have been doing this. And once I got done having this, this conversation with them, I have, I've had the opportunity day in and day out to, to re-look over this notebook and, and kind of look over this conversation that I had and kind of put together how I wanted to write this piece and how I wanted to, what angle that I wanted to go and, and how not only did I want to relive the conversation, but also how I wanted to view Daryl Wallace. And the best thing I, I could come up with was the five things that I learned from having this, this conversation with them. And the, the first thing that came to mind is he's not the average NASCAR fan or driver. Um, didn't really get into the sports and was really not a NASCAR fan since he was 15 years old. Now, he was the average NASCAR fan when it comes to the census that he was a Dale Senior fan, but he was never really a fan until he was 15. He got the opportunity when he ran at Dover to kind of say, you know what, this this is what I want to do. This is, this is definitely it. But most of the drivers we've had on and most of the um, people that we know that are involved with racing, they have been in the sports or been driving since very, very young. Um, you know, we've had this conversation many times with many different drivers that come on that, you know, three, four, five years old, they were on, you know, they were on the cart series and they were doing this and they were doing that. And, I, you know, I asked them a long time, I have a seven-year-old son that I could not imagine, and he's a 16-year-old daughter, I could not imagine I would trust in a go-kart um, on a track. Um, they just, you know, daughter's a 4.25 GPA, 17th of the class, book smart as hell. But she's a uh, and kind of got there in 50. So, no, I wouldn't trust her. I mean, she just ran into the – she ran into something today, and I, I just made a comment about it because she constantly runs into things that she's not, you know, the, the brightest one in the world. She's book smart, but she's easy, but – not there was. He he really just did not have those opportunities, and so he's not the average NASCAR fan or driver. Also, the next thing I learned is he's a minority in more than just one way. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I would be willing to bet that at least almost all of NASCAR Nation hates Publish. And I would be willing to bet that 75% of that field would rather not see or have to ever speak to Kyle Bush ever again. Um, Kyle Bush is not one of the, the most – he'll never win the most popular driver uh, award ever. We, we, could, we can go ahead and put money on that. So when I got to ask him, you know, 
the question I asked him, which I, I wrote in the piece, but I got it written down here as well. Um, when I got the opportunity, I think most, you know, with most fans and drivers being standoffish of Kyle Busch, and I have to know what it's like working for Kyle Busch and what it's like working with one of the most talented drivers in NASCAR. And there is no doubt in my mind that Kyle Busch could probably do more on three wheels than some drivers can do on four wheels. Uh, Kyle Busch is just very talented. He is the, and I know people do not like this comparison, but to me, Kyle Busch is about the closest thing to senior as we will ever have. If the rules were the same as they were back in seniors' days, Kyle Busch would have a championship by now. And I'm sorry for all the senior fans, but if senior rode in today's NASCAR, he would not have all the championships he has. He would probably spend a lot of times on pit road being penalized lap after lap, same way we've seen Kyle Busch and other drivers being too aggressive. Um, I, I know people do not like that comparison, but I'm sorry. Kyle Busch is about the closest you can get to senior, um, especially with the rule setups that we have now. And that's what I think that's one of the things that amazed me. Now, obviously, his cockiness and his mouth gets better sometimes, so that's why a lot of fans don't like him. But that's also why it amazes me how, why so many people dislike Kyle Busch because that's about the closest you're going to get. Um, you, you saw the glimpse of Kevin Harvick at times trying to be that that intimidating kind of guy, but it just never has been his his forte. Um, Junior is the exact opposite of his father. Um, so it, it, it just blows my mind. But to hear him speak and, and to really cherish the opportunity to not only be able to drive for um, accomplished motorsports, but be able to talk to him on a daily basis. He said if it be from phone conversations, text, or face-to-face conversations, be able to learn from one of the most talented drivers out there. And then, of course, also be able to talk to other, you know, fellow Joe Gibb Racing um, drivers since he does drive the uh, Nationwide Series part-time um, and, and be able to have, you know, contact with Denny Hamlin and, and uh, Matt Kenseth and everybody else that is in the Joe Gibb Racing organization also is a big perk. But having the opportunity to race with one of the most, run for one of the most talented drivers out there, um, he, he really likes and cherishes that opportunity. And it's great because he makes him a minority in this sport in more than just one way. Um, not only his nationality, but his his feelings towards Kyle Busch. Now, obviously, he didn't ride for, for, for or I'm sorry, Kyle Busch. Um, he might not feel the same way, but, you know, that's where his, his opportunity landed. He gets to uh, do what he loves to do, and he cherishes that opportunity. Um, Bubba is uh, in the sport to be a champion, not a distraction. In other words, he does not use his race to get him where he's gotten or use it as an excuse, or use it for any other thing. He is there strictly to win races. Um, he is there strictly to make his impact on being in victory lane, not being an impact or, or being a leader in, in uh, a stand for his race or nationality or anything else. And I think that's really cool, especially when I got the opportunity to talk to him. And, you know, he didn't realize that, you know, when he won – his first race in the uh, truck series, it was the first time that we had an African-American win um, a NASCAR touring series race since 1963 when Wendell Scott won. Um, it wasn't until after he won that he knew this you know, this bit of information, which I was kind of surprised. Um, and it, But it let me know that that's not the angle he's trying to work 
that he is focused on being a driver and winning and, and doing the best he can on the track. Um, I, I know you got some people that like to use different angles and different opportunities to kind of put their, their, their name or their stamp on it, and it's good to see that he has pure intentions at heart and is not, you know, for any other reason than, than that he wants to be a champion. Also, uh, Bubba knows that winning is priority one. Um, youngest driver in the Kane Pro Series to win a race, um, the, he won his first race that he entered and was rookie of the year. Um, and, and when I asked him about that, he, he, you know, he was quick to say that, you know, that's kind of what got his foot in the door. You know, he feels that that helped him get the opportunities he's gotten and really opened the door for him in his career. And, you know, that, that's, that's priority. There, there's nothing else more important to him than making an impact and winning races, and, and that was great to see. And the last thing is, Bubba is is the fan driver, not a marketing tool. That you know, having the opportunity, and, and like I said, I've been blown off by people that are on several levels below him, and yet he gave me not only a, a few minutes, or not five questions, not ten questions, but gave me twenty five minutes. And I'm actually one that cut the end of the interview or conversation off at that point in time because I felt bad that he gave me all that time and I, I was still, I, I could have talked to him for another hour. You know, that was kind of the, the, the way I was going with it. I, I was really genuinely enjoying my conversation with him. It, it didn't feel like it's like an interview. It didn't feel like, you know, I was questioning you. Um, and anything else, it, I just felt that it, it was a great opportunity um, for me to, to have this great conversation, and it was great. Um, but he, he, he's obviously a, a fan person. He doesn't put himself above everybody. If he takes the opportunity um, to, you know, get, get his story out there, get the fan base built, um, does everything right that needs to be done right, and it was really cool. Um, those are the five things that I learned. If you jump over to 110nationsports.com, I have an article I published it today. Um, you can kind of get more of the details of the, the conversation that we had. I just kind of briefly went over um, kind of the final point of the article. But I, I just got to say that, you know, one, that, that's become, you know, my, 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 my obviously my truck, dri- uh, truck series driver um, for giving me that opportunity. And don't get me wrong, tomorrow I will also be uh, pulling for Cody Erickson as well for, uh, you know, coming on the show and him giving the opportunity um, to um, getting the opportunity to run tomorrow is a really cool deal. And so I, I've got to make sure that I pull for Cody Erickson as well. But um, there was because of the opportunity he gave me and the conversation that he had and everything else that went with that, I definitely will be pulling for um, Darrell Wallace from this point forward or Kentucky race sport. Excuse me, anyway. But that's just one of many articles if you jump over to 110nationsports.com um, that are going on over there. Uh, we got Jessica Martin that's going to be joining us here in one second. I see you in the uh, the, uh, the studio. I'm going to get you in just one, one brief second here. Um, other articles that we got posted up over the last 24 hours, like I said, we dropped the Atlanta Falcons preview as uh, I'm working A through C to get all the NFL team taken care of. Tomorrow, I believe we're in B, so I believe we'll be at Baltimore. I don't think there's any more A's. 
Um, so I'll be working probably the Baltimore Ravens. But I got the Atlanta Falcons preview done, and the last time in history for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, we got the uh, Arizona Cardinals done today. Um, and the last time in Arizona Cardinal history is little little facts that uh, I'm learning that I like to throw out there. They're really cool. Um, for those that don't know, Marcel Darius, he a uh, Buffalo Bills player, um, has entered the NFL substance abuse program, got caught speeding, um, had some uh, spice and other paraphernalia on him. In order to hopefully get out of those charges, he is entering the NFL substance abuse program. Also, uh, we dropped uh, Brian Francis' uh, one voice RTA is unnecessary piece. The Raphael had dropped. Uh, Boston Red Sox posed for a playoff push as they won eight of the last nine going into today. That was done by Ricky Garrett. Um, he just made his return. Um, a lot of talk today about uh, Roger Goodell um, and the NFL. Um, owning the NFL, the new L.A. Uh, stadium, and, and whether or not that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I know that Raphael, I've seen him working on it throughout the day. Throughout the day, um, about Tony Dungy. We talked about it last night and his comments about Michael Sam. Uh, we talked about it last night. It's funny because that's all they talked about today. I thought it was ironic that we had the opportunity to talk about it last night when it was fresh. And I was actually going to do a piece on it, and I started to, and then um, Raphael kind of got upset because I beat him to the punchline on the L.A. piece. So I went ahead and deleted my piece on the uh, Tony Dungy, and he has ran with it. So I'm looking forward to see what he's got to say about that. Also, Winston, uh, Jameson Winston of the Florida State uh, Seminoles is wanting to be a two-sport pro. Um, still a lot of spotlight and talk on him. Um, so make sure you guys jump over there to 110nationsports.com for uh, all the latest articles we got going on over there as everybody is putting their uh, two cents in on a bunch of different topics and trying to do their part to help um, continuously set a record pace that we have set um, over the uh, site and uh, continuously grow. But without any, any more delay, we have a very uh, talented football player that is going to be joining us tonight in the name of Jessica Martin of the San Diego Surge. How are you doing tonight, Miss Jessica? I'm doing wonderful. It's nice to be here with you today. Now, before, before we jump in, I'm going to do the same thing that I do for everybody else and to include your husband. Um, I, I don't know necessarily if you guys – I'm sure your football team has a, a Twitter handle. I'm not 100% sure. But whatever you want to plug, the, the fan page, I know that there's a Facebook page because I'm a fan of that as well now. Um, if there's a Twitter mm-hmm. handle, anything else you want to promote for your football team or anything else that you want to promote, I want to give you an opportunity to do that before we jump into talking to you. Um, well, obviously, as you said, the San Diego Surge uh, Facebook page, um, there's plenty of information there uh, regarding um, when the uh, championship game is happening, um, things that uh, may be needed by some of the players um, for travel and things like that. Um, I guess that's probably the main place I would like to direct everybody um, mainly because it's kind of the most concise location for information. Um, also, the WSA uh, website, um, wsafootball.net, it has uh, statistics. It has um, basically an overall uh, look at the league itself. Um, it's a great source for people who might be interested in getting involved or um, supporting in some way uh, financially. You can go ahead and check it out there. So those are the two places, I guess. <laughs> and... But I gotta thank Dustin for hanging out with us. Uh, for those that don't know Dustin, 
Um, he's a PA announcer over at the Talladega Super Speedway, and I want to make sure that I thank him. I have not had an opportunity to see him for a while, so got that in real quick. Um, football player. Um, yes. Ironically enough, about a week or two, it might have been just a weekend, the weekend prior to having your husband on, I was talking about the LFL, and, of course, they're having their, their financial issues and everything else, but I I briefly talked about that, but that wasn't my key focus point. I was more impressed on the physicality. Now, the difference between the LFL and you guys is you guys are fully padded, and, and I'm not saying that you guys are any less womanly or whatever than they are, but I, I'm, I've seen their video, and I'm impressed that even though that they're kind of in their skimpies, they're in basically boy shorts and, and a sports bra, they hardly have any padding on, and it's a full-contact sport. Um, and, and I'm not taking that away from you guys because being out there playing a full-contact sport, I've, had, I've played football, it's very physical. And I was more mm-hmm. impressed because what I can do in the gym in a month takes most women a lot longer to do. So I'm very mm-hmm. impressed on how physical and what the dedication has got to be like for a female to play football versus a male. Um, what has the road been like for you going into this season? And, and we'll get to what happened at the very end of the season. And I know that next season is out, but from what I understand, you guys are looking forward to you getting back. And we'll get into that. What was the road like getting yourself prepared to play a sport as physical as football as a female? Um, well, I mean, most of the women who play are, uh, you know, former college athletes. I played softball and basketball in college. Um, we have people who played rugby. We have, we do have women that, um, probably are more conditioned than, you know, what you would see in maybe the LFL, um, in terms of the taxes, uh, the taxing nature of, uh, long seasons in other sports. So, um, but preparation for football um, as you said, it does take a whole another level. And so lots of weight training. Uh, San Diego CrossFit is where the San Diego Surge does their um, team uh, weight training. Lots of heavy lifting, lots of, you know, high explosive activities, you know, basically just, you know, running your body through the motions to get prepared to get hit, basically. <laughs> um, so it, it's time-consuming, um, but, you know, good diet, good stretching, uh, occasional massages that helps out. <laughs> no. Now, going into this season, have you ever done? And the only reason I know you've done is your husband had brought it up that, that I think all the females did it. But have you ever done the CrossFit before you jumped into this season? Um, not specifically. Well, I had done a, a few classes uh, when we were living back in Knoxville. Um, but I found that I enjoyed the weight training in my home by myself kind of a thing. Um, I, I like, I, you know, the heavy lifting, that's always been part of um, the weight training programs that I've been involved in in college and things like that. Um, so some of the newer lifts, though, that I learned at CrossFit uh, were unique um, to that experience. So I had not done it um, consistently before, but I've been exposed to it a little bit. Now, I don't know if you caught the interview when your your husband was on, but I, I'm I'm a pretty physical guy. I, I can bench 460 pounds. I'm in the gym two to three hours a day. And I got the opportunity to do it, and I tip my hat for anybody that does CrossFit that can mm-hmm. do it and, and 
a go through a whole long period of doing it, not just once, not just twice. I'm a pretty physical guy. I, I'm in the gym quite regularly, and I had the opportunity with a guy. Um, I ended up becoming friends with them, and, and unfortunately, um, somebody stole a car at wee hours in the morning, and when he was going in to do classes at 5, 5.30 in the morning, the car that uh, the guy that was running from the cops ran a red light, smashed into my friend, and ended up taking his life that morning. But I had an opportunity to do two or three classes with him. And, I, you know, going into these classes, I thought, oh, this is going to be nothing. No big deal. And I got halfway, maybe three-quarters of the way done with my first class, and I thought I was going to throw up everywhere. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a different kind of training that I had never experienced, and I was like, holy crap. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, it, 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 it's not quite to the extreme but I remember the first time that I – and I got the P90X when it first came out. And mm-hmm. I was in pretty good shape at that point in time. And I, I remember thinking to myself after I did the first day, and for anybody that's not done the P90X, the first day you pretty much just do a wide variety of push-ups and you do pull-ups and chin-ups and stuff. And that's kind of the extent of it. You do two cycles of it and they kind of rotate the order of it. And that's kind of the end of it. And I remember I got yep. done that first day and – I thought to myself, why did I spend all this money? It's four, three payments or four payments of some odd dollars. I can bench 400 pounds. I, I just did push-ups. That's all I did. I just wasted a bunch of money. Until I woke up the next morning and I felt like I, my chest got hit by a mat truck, and I was like, holy crap. And all I did was push-ups and pull-ups, and I'm feeling like this. But, uh, yeah, that, that CrossFit stuff, that, that stuff is no joke. Um, the season. Up until the last game for you, obviously, was a remarkable season. And it's been a remarkable season for the team, period. And we'll get into more for the fans that are listening an explanation of why it's a little bit different for you. But an undefeated season up until this point, and you got one more game, the national title game, how exciting of a run has it been? And what has the experience been like for you to have this opportunity to be on a team that is – very dedicated, obviously, and has come together and has been able to perform. Um, I believe your husband said something like you guys there for the longest time was averaging like 56 points a game and was just a very dominating team. How, how has that ride been for you this year? Honestly, it's just been an absolute blast. Um, part of the reason I wanted to play is that I wanted to be around women who were uh, motivated and focused and wanted to work towards a common goal um, and the women on the surge are, you know, just another level of intensity, of focus, of athletic talent, um, and they're just great people. So, honestly, it's it's been just an amazing ride. Um, you know, some of the battles, although maybe on paper, uh, <laughs> look like, oh, well, it was no big deal, but there's definitely been some battles during the, the season, um, and we've had to kind of come together and say, okay, we're going to fix ourselves up and, you know, do what we, we can do, and um, it's just been amazing to watch that process and watch how we've got, came together as a team and how we've improved and how we've grown and added things. It's it's just it's unbelievable. I feel really, really blessed to have been able to be part of it and um, just basically been accepted and brought in by the team and the veterans and, you know, those athletes that I look up to and, and say, wow, you're, you're awesome. So I, I just feel really fortunate. Now, I have worked – with an ex, 
And actually, it only lasted two or three weeks, and it had nothing to do with we couldn't work together. Um, ultimately, she <laughs> ended up being with someone else, and that was why we don't work together no more. But um, I've seen couples, and I had I had a couple working together um, with me at, at my last job, and it, it kind of worked and everything else. But genuinely, or generally, they do not work. And, and, and having couples in a workplace and trying to get along and have personal lives and everything else, a lot of times it just doesn't work. Um, you know, some certain certain situations they do, but not always. What is it the the the, the relationship been like? Well, not relationship, but how's it been like? having your husband as one of the coaches and how is that has that helped you guys build your relationship better or does does it sometimes it's silence on the way home from practice? <laughs> uh, that's actually a good question and that's something that, you know, my husband and I went into this experience um definitely trying to be uh, cognizant of. But um Really, my husband is my best friend and my biggest cheerleader. Um, we we definitely try to support each other in the endeavors that we um, take on. So um, having him there is, is having my best friend there. And so um, when I do something wrong or I do something great, he's there, you know, to support me and, and help encourage me, you know, whether to pick my head up or to, uh, you know, clap my hand and say you're awesome kind of a thing. So, uh, it's been really wonderful. You know, there was a little trepidation about, okay, hey, you know, I, I think I'm going to stay with the running backs because I don't want to be with the receivers <laughs> and, and and have any, you know, question of are you giving me reps because you're uh, my husband, you know. <laughs> um, but other than that, I feel I feel like uh, it's been something that's been great. It's been, it's been a wonderful boon, I think, to our relationship. Um, he's been able to help me through some of the trials and tribulations, obviously the trials and tribulations I'm experiencing now. Um, but really, it's it's been great. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> now, he is a wide receiver coach, right? Yes, that's that's his coaching. Now, position, yeah. did you play? I, I know he told me, but I can't remember if you said wide receiver or if you played running back, or you had transitioned from one position to, to the other. What position did you play? Uh, running back and DB. So that that's where I got okay. uh, most of my reps this year. <clears throat> gotcha. Um, now, the last game of the season, and for those that missed the episode when Kenny was on the show, uh, you had a injury happen. Um, what was the injury? And um, I, I know that he said the injury was going to keep you out for next season. Um, and I believe he said that you're going to pursue coming back the following season, if I remember correctly, but you can correct me if I'm wrong or either way, talk about it. Uh but what happened to cause the injury? And I know he wasn't there because he was at the uh, peak challenge. And I know that he told me that you didn't tell him until after he was done with everything. You didn't want him to be distracted um, from what happened on the field. Um, but what what actually happened and uh, what kind of injury have you suffered from? And are you planning on returning? And what's uh, – what are you doing to prepare yourself, one, to recover, but two, to help strengthen maybe that issue so it does not become a problem or another injury down the road? Yeah. Well, um, I was uh, playing running back at the time. Um, I was going to accept the pitch, and um, I had my foot planted. 
Uh, one of the linebackers came around, came around, got me. Uh, my foot, the way my foot was planted, basically just forced me into the into the spot that I was. The girl, so she she had a hold of me, and then one of the other backers came across and hit me from the other side, and I ended up dislocating my knee and tearing my ACL and my LCL. So basically, I had a knee dislocation and a multi ligament tear. So a, a a pretty serious injury, and actually something that I'm really thankful. You know, serious things can happen. There's some nerve damage and stuff. But, you know, the prognosis seems pretty good so far, but it could have been way worse. You know, I could have severed an artery and bled out. You know, it, it was, oh, my God, I'm so thankful that I just have two ligaments torn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's um, right now, you know, I'm, I'm three weeks out of surgery, and I'm, I'm happy to be working on getting my flexion back, my range of motion of my knee bending, um, and basically just working on that. It's, it's because it's a dual ligament tear, multi-ligament tear, um, I have the knee is having to be protected, so I haven't been able to put any weight on it for basically almost a month and a half now, because <laughs> um, I couldn't before the surgery without it buckling. So um, basically, it's it's getting that range of motion back, and then um, in a few weeks here, in about three weeks, I'll be able to start bearing some weight and you know fixing the muscle atrophy and stuff that has occurred over the past few weeks um, of just basically sitting around with it propped up. <laughs> um, so and in terms of um, future playing and stuff. I'm I'm trying not to focus on any of the big picture things because right now, um, just being able to bend my knee is extremely dis- you know uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. those types of those types of big picture thoughts um, are are kind of disheartening a little bit. So what I've decided to do is just focus on okay, what am I being told to do? Okay, my doctor told me you know to do as many reps as I can to get my range of motion. Well, I'm going to get my range of motion as quickly as possible. You tell me I have a week and a half to do it. I'm going to try to do it in three days, which so far that those flexion goals have been being met and stuff like that. So I'm focusing on the little efforts, um, and then I can start thinking about you know the basic two years from now when I would actually be eligible to play in a season anyway. Because unfortunately, you know it'll be a year before I'm eligible, and by then we're already in postseason again. So I'm <laughs> to not make myself depressed. I'm definitely focusing on the smaller goals. Now you uh, you're going to be out there August second to uh, so hey, I, my bad, Miss Lee. I just realized my phone was turned down. It was probably the issue the whole time. Um, are you going to be out there August second for the uh, the championship game? Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to. Um, I'm still not going to be weight-bearing, and my first physical therapy point appointment will be um, that following week. So it'll just make it where traveling is difficult. I have a hard time. Um, I'm having a hard time with some of my circulation and stuff, so sitting long periods of time and not being able to be propped up um, is just really, really uncomfortable, and I'm trying to avoid any uh, complications with my foot or, you know, other parts of my leg besides just the knee being messed up. So I want to be there desperately, um, but unfortunately I'm just going to have to watch it on TV. <laughs> understanding, understanding. Um, August 2nd, national title mm-hmm. game, the San Diego Surge, and who are they uh, playing against? Uh, Boston Militia. Boston Militia. Uh, big day for the uh, the Martin household, and, and I'm not going to ask her anything because I do not want her to give me any indication either way. But for those that are listening to the show, um, Kenny Martin was one of the 18 people that were selected to go to Charlotte in the Peak Challenge. 
August 2nd happens to be the day that they air the the results on Velocity at 9 o'clock. So there is a possibility that he will be coaching a team to a championship and be able to let everybody know that um, he is the winner or hopefully he is the winner. I do not know either way. I know people will sit there and question me because I talk about it. But there's a possibility that he can win a championship and be announced the winner of the Peak uh, Challenge all the same night. Um, so make sure you guys tune into that. Yes, the uh, surge. Um, you guys played Austin earlier in the season. Is that correct? Uh, no, we do not play them during the regular season. There, I mean, it would be a, a, a very difficult to travel cross country considering you know the way it's set up in terms of us basically funding. It's not, you know, we're not paid athletes, so unfortunately we can only afford so much in travel and things of that sort. We're a well taken care of team by our our owners, um, but it's not that no. wouldn't be feasible. So this will this will be our first meeting of the year. Missy, you got the what it was was the the Boston team played. The other East team, they had played already once in the year. That, that's where that got me. Chicago. Um, yes. Yeah, the Chicago and Boston had played, and Chicago had, if I'm not mistaken, one of them was undefeated. It was Chicago, then Boston had lost either way. But they had played each other already once this year. Um, yes. and, and that's where right, Miss Lee threw it out there, and uh, I didn't think about it until you said no, that that, that was um, unfeasible. Um yeah, I was kind of surprised when your husband threw that out there that you guys actually paid to uh, play in the sports. And uh, it's not like some of the other leagues where they actually make some kind of money because, you know, with the whole LFL and their money issues, that was one of the questions I got, uh, you know, that I had brought up. Um, what's the fan base been like for you guys? Is, you know, a lot of people coming out and supporting? Is there um, a lot of other people other than maybe just friends and family that come out and check these games out? Um, what's I know that I've seen some highlights of LFL games, and I have probably about six to eight of the ladies friends with my personal fan page or personal uh, Facebook page, and I had never really seen for it to be the LFL and them trying to push it and be on national TV as much as they did. I never was really impressed with the attendance turnout. Um, you tell us a lot of just friends and family and just local people that just want to watch, you know, women half naked. But what's the attention <laughs> like for you guys? But what's the support been like for this league for you guys? Um, it's definitely growing. Um, uh, the attendance during playoff games and things like that uh, usually are, are, is larger than, say, you know, a regular beginning of the season type game. Um, definitely always there's friends and family and, and those types of things, but uh, we're definitely growing a following. Um, our owners, um, Chris Creo and uh, Gallegos, they have taken, uh, you know, basically as much as many opportunities to get us out into, you know, the community and let everyone know, hey, there's a there's a championship um, caliber football team in San Diego, um, and basically, you know, we're growing slowly but surely. Um, I think with women's sports, there's a propensity for people to be like, ah, you know, yeah, that's just an LFL game, whatever. I'm not looking into looking forward to watching half-naked women with my my little children, (laughs) you know, or those Mm -hmm. types of things. But when we explain to them that, hey, no, um, it's college rules football, you know, full pads, 11 on 11, um, people say, oh, really, and and, um, spark an interest. So there's definitely a a growing fan base. Obviously, it could always be better. We want it to be better, um, and we would love the support. Honestly, it's it's still growing, um, but – I see it as being something that continues to improve and, and be stronger and stronger, especially if uh, the search continue to do what we expect our, 
ourselves to be able to do. So. Yeah, and, and I know with the catch twenty two, especially more speaking on the LFL, that it, it's hard to want to bring your kids out to watch, you know, basically girls in bikinis, and you know they, they, they've kind of classed it up a little bit from when it was the lingerie football league, and they tried to be as revealing as possible, but. I guess I'm different than most of the fans that would go out there. And I understand most of the males, they're going out there for one thing. But like I, like I said in the beginning, I'm more impressed with the athletic abilities, first of all, of these women, because you just don't think on, on a regular conversation or a day-to-day basis that women in football together. Um, you just don't. And But two, knowing what I have had to go through to get to where I'm at physically and knowing what I know that it takes that much more for a woman to get anywhere close to that physically, I, I'm not going to be the average fan. I'm not going to be the guy that goes there and say, you know what, I'm going to go watch half-naked women play football. I'm going to go to see these physically fit, athletically gifted people play against each other in a very aggressive contact sport. Regardless of the LFL, regardless of your guys' league or any other female league, um, I, I look at it in a whole different light, and you have a, a much different respect for women and what they will do. I mean, it, to to know how hard it is for – I mean, it's just because of the muscle structure and the bone structure, how much harder it is. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean – I couldn't imagine pushing a water bone out of the size of a woman. I, I couldn't imagine even that part of the physicality of what a woman does in a normal lifetime, let alone being out there and playing one of the most aggressive sports we have in America. I, I tip my hat to any female that is out there playing football, regardless if it's LFL, if it's your guys' league that is added, uh, whatever the case may be, it's just as physical any which way around. There's injuries that happen and everything else. Um, it, I I know that I'm a minority when I come to this because I know why most of those guys go watch that stuff. But I, I'm just amazed when I get to see highlights and, and get to speak to people like you that do this and, and know what they're putting their bodies through and how tough it's got to be and, and how you've got to kind of work your body around everything. I mean, I, I know that's the most common thing that's thrown out there well, what do they do when they're on a period? Are, are they more aggressive or just blah, blah, blah? And, and I know it's, it's got to be tough, though, because not even that part of it, but you've got to be prepared for, you know, that time of the month regardless. And if the football game happens that time of the month, it's got to be even that much more difficult with the cramps and everything. I, I'm not going to go into all this, but you know, being a female, how difficult it can be at times to even want to do anything when it's that time of the month, other than maybe go take a bath and crawl up in your robe and call it a day, no, don't get out there and try to be physical with a bunch of other females that are wanting to try to knock your head off. So <laughs> you learn you learn to have a whole different respect for females when you start thinking about the true, the true, I, I don't know, the, the whole picture of everything that's got to go into doing this. It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, all of those things I'm sure come into effect, um, you know, some women differently than others, but it's, you know, it's definitely um, a choice you make to, to put yourself out there. It is, you are taking a risk. I mean, 
the lingerie football league is definitely different in terms of, you know, there's a specific uh, size ratio that they want to specific parts of the body. So those women are um, proportioned differently than some of the women that we have in this league. So uh, a linebacker is a linebacker in our league, um, and and a lineman is a lineman in our league. So when you see someone getting hit, um, it's not by some wispy 140-pound woman. I mean, I'm I'm extremely tiny. I'm a very petite individual, um, so I'm one of those ones who are like, oh God, thank you for having fast legs. <laughs> I can run away from you, big scary girls, you know. Um, but the reality of it is, is that um, I know in the WFA, I know in our league, our women are are strong, fast, um, and and. Honestly, you know, <laughs> somewhat intimidating. Um, I, there's We have women who are, you know, 200 pounds, six feet tall, and we have some who are bigger than that. Um, and they're they're out for blood. They want to take your head off. If you got the ball or if you're not on their team, it's done. Um, so I don't know how the other women's issues come into effect, but um, the reality of it is, is we have people who are putting their – Putting their behinds on the line and trying to trying to put a, a real game up and 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 go head to head and you know we're not trying to look cute doing it we're trying to look professional we're trying to look good um, and we're trying to come together as a team and, and play good ball and I feel like San Diego Surge has uh, one of the most balanced offenses one of the best defenses I mean our team is good we can run the ball we can uh, pass the ball. We can sure as heck catch the ball, <laughs> uh, intercept the ball. We can do lots of things. We've got an excellent linebacking core. Basically, um, we have good football, and um, I know that this game that's coming up here, um, the championship game is going to be really, really good because I know that the militia has um, a very strong crew as well. So I'm I'm super excited. I'm disappointed I don't get to actually be there in person, but I'm excited to watch and see the results. I kind of know how it's going to turn out, but, you know, I guess I may be biased. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm being bashed in the chat room for everything I just said, and I want to clarify before we go off the air, I was not bashing any anybody or saying that men were stronger than females. I am actually saying in the opposite that females go through a lot more and have to train a lot harder because they are not blessed with big bones and muscles that guys are. So by no means am I a caveman mentality or anything no. else. I can imagine being bleeding out of something and having cramps and have to be physical and want to go out and play football or anything else. I just want to clarify that because everybody in the chat room just took that the opposite way. I was actually complimenting <laughs> everything that these females are doing and, and, and the condition they put in themselves through and, and the physicality that they got to do to do what they do. Um, you guys took that all the opposite
very, very much for coming on the show with us tonight. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, plug your guys' team site, fan page, and the uh, the, the league page, uh, fan page, or the, the website again um, before we let you go for the night. Oh, very good. Uh, once again, um, the San Diego Surge uh, uh, Facebook page is where you can get lots of information, um, ways to support us, ways to uh, just support our team and the individual players, um, as well as women's football. Um, also, there's WFA uh, website, WFAfootball.net, um, and that has basically all the leagues on it. Um, please check it out. If you have someone who's interested, you know, go go join a team, go do something good, um, experience it, experience what it's like to be uh, part of something bigger than yourself, and you know, it give uh, little girls something to look up to. Now, it, like I like I like I tell everybody else, and I tell your husband all the time, um, this show stuff. The door mm-hmm. is always open if you want to come back on, if you want to talk some more football, um, talk to us after the championship game, anything, anytime you want to come on. If you got anything you got going on that you want to come on and promote, um, just let us know. We would love to have you return. You've been great. You've been very talkative. You've been very pleasurable. Um, and uh, I want to wish the, uh, the San Diego Surge good luck. Also wish uh, your husband good luck on August 2nd. Hopefully we get to hear what we want to hear. Um, until then, you have a great evening. It's been a pleasure, and hope to talk to you again soon. Very good. Thank you, and thank you for your support and all of your listener support. Uh, the, the Martin household definitely uh, appreciates it. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was Jessica Martin, Kenny Martin's wife. We've had him on many times. Like I said, he is uh, in the contest. Hopefully, we get good news all the way around. The, all the way around, and we have a. Uh, have a uh, new up-and-coming driver in the uh, K&N Pro Series, um, and that, that's where they thought him out when they win the development tool contract, and hopefully that he coaches the winning undefeated San Diego Surge to a championship, and uh, she gets to enjoy it as well as she played all the way up to the last game of the season before she had her injury. Um, so hopefully all the way around, um, the Martin House has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, and I believe the August second is a is in a Tuesday. Or I'm sorry, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's Saturday. I know I got something to do on the on the first. Um, so I know when the first is. So um, hopefully it all goes well. I want to make sure that I thank Jessica Martin once again for coming on. Thank Anna Newhouse for coming on. Both of them very talkative, pleasurable um, guests. Um, Love having guests like that come on the show. Um, Got to thank Daniel for hanging out in the uh, the chat room and uh, listening to the show. It's been a hot minute since we've had him uh, come in and check us out. I'm glad to have him. I'm glad to see Dustin uh, Harmer join us again. Uh, once again, he's uh, one of the PA announcers out there at the Talladega Super Speedway. We have had him on the show as well. I know he's got a lot of things going on um, as he does shows and everything else. Uh, that's why he ended up cutting out early. Um, it was glad. It was good to see him back on and, and check us out again. Um, make sure that you guys check out the site. Make sure you guys go over to one ten nationsportscom um, A lot of articles will be coming out at least over the next week um, before we have maybe have to slow down. I don't know. It depends on what my schedule is going to look like. Right now, I have all the time in the world, and that's why we've been knocking them out like crazy. Um, setting the record pace today. Um, record pace this month. It has been phenomenal. Hopefully, we continuously grow in the way we are growing. Um, I want to thank every last one of y'all for all your guys' support. 
If you miss any of the shows, all you got to do is go over to www.the110nationsportshow.com. Um, talked to Miss Lee last night. Um, gotcha. Um, there, there's a possibility I will be doing a couple different segment shows throughout the week to uh, have some more shows going on. As I got this free time right now, um, we're still working on that. But uh, make sure you guys check out that in the shows you missed. You can follow me at CJ Sports One. You can follow the One Ten Nation at One Ten Nation. Uh, make sure you guys jump over our fan pages. We got uh, for the site side of the house One Ten Nation Sports. On the radio side, we got One Ten Nation Sports Radio. And then of course there is my fan page CJ Sports. Uh, make sure you guys check them out. You can follow Miss Lee at Creedy R N. That's C R E E D Y R N. You can follow Raphael at Think Share Lab. Um, Make sure you follow Ricky. He just returned. He's the one that did the piece on the Boston Red Sox. You can follow him at Boston underscore sports. I think I've knocked everything out. Make sure that you uh, – got to make sure that I thank Fallfield Protein, Sideways Illustrated, Monterey's Mexican Restaurant, TopBet.com, Digital Throttle, NASCAR and Gear, Peak Products, um, Optical Fusion, or Optimal Fusion, as they will officially, we will officially, uh, will officially have a partnership as of tomorrow. Um, all the people work to be in, uh, worked on tonight. Um, so, got to thank them for jumping on board. Uh, make sure that you guys tune in next week, Sunday through Tuesday, 9 to 11 p.m. I'm looking forward to hopefully have, um, uh, hopefully we'll have time to, uh, or hopefully we'll have some guests for you guys next week. I'm not sure what our lineup is looking like. I know Miss Lee is working on a bunch of different uh, guests. So hopefully we get all that panned out. BTR side, as always, we got one more thing to do, but we got to cut you off before we get to do it. If you ever want to know what we do after we cut you off, you can either go to spreecast.com and catch the show, either the archive version, catch the replay, or you can catch it live at spreecast.com. Or, like I said before, you can go to www.the110nationsportshow.com, catch all the episodes live or um, replay, BTR or Spreecast over there. Well, you can't catch them live or replay, replay. But you can catch them BTR or Spreecast edition, Spreecast to see what we do after this over there. So make sure you guys check that out. Until Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, you guys have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.